0: You may be seated. It's good to have all of you in the house of the Lord. We are thankful that you're here. And I appreciate all of you being here. We had good service this morning and we know that Greatest struggles and they're taken off of the Ten Commandments and I realize it's another way of looking at the commandments. The commandments are good, they are right, but um, I think uh, for me it was a uh, sort of in a sense this uh, understanding that uh, our first our first struggle for most of us is who is God? And is there a God? And do we have a God? Is there a God on the throne for us? Or is it me sitting on the throne? Uh, The first temptation with Adam and Eve was uh, they wanted to be like gods, and that temptation hasn't left us very far as we've gone forward. It is that sense of uh, we are, in fact, uh, a God unto ourself, and there is that sense of that, um, you know, I wanna do my own thing, and I wanna do my own will, and I have a constant struggle with who is God in my life, and unfortunately, uh, most of the time, I went out on who is God. I don't want, uh, I believe that I, I know as good as anyone else, and yet when you realize he is god and god alone and everything that i have comes from uh, him and it comes from above and it is not me able to put conditions on it you know well if you do this god i will love you when you do this god i will serve you how you do this but if you don't do this Uh, You know, and I'm sure everybody has a story. Everybody has something that they could say uh, is a story that they can tell that uh, sometime they were disappointed or hurt or whatever. And yet that first struggle was who is God? Number one, recognizing God. Number two, the second struggle is really Um, very close to the first one. These first four commandments go hand in glove with uh, understanding the Ten Commandments of first of all uh, embracing God unconditionally and the second one embracing God as he is. And now that sounds almost the same and it really is. You will notice the second commandment had to, to do with worship. It says thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or earth beneath or in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them for I the Lord thy God am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments." And so immediately it opens up any graven image. And I know that you can uh, go from one icon to another. And when we were in Russia, when we were in Ukraine, we saw Artifacts that were done, and in fact, in my office, uh, I have a, a, a painting that was on a board that was done of Saint Paul, and and uh, was done of Saint Peter, and I just a small thing that I I purchased when there, and I, I I understand, you know, you can say, well, do you bow down to it? No. Do you worship it? No. And yet we are a people, all of us, that we want, uh, you know, something that we can say uh, we uh, identifies us. Whether it's a fish on the back of the car or a cross or uh, whatever it is, uh, it is something that identifies us. And this second commandment really is exemplified, the, the futility of it, is exemplified by uh, the great artist, and who is this? My mom is an art teacher. Who did this? First picture, and the next one. Michelangelo. Right, you got it. Sistine Chapel. That's a picture of God, and you remember his finger reaching out. That first one, is a picture of God that Michelangelo painted on his back up in a chapel that was here, this beautiful, and they used plaster, painted it. The second one is called the Pieta. I've seen it when we were in Rome, and it shows Mary holding the body of Jesus Christ after his crucifixion. You can't really tell both of those, but the same guy did them both. The same artist did them both. He sculpted one called the Pieta of Mary and this horrible, emaciated, limp, terrible-looking Jesus (laughs) that you would say, he looks like you could just toss him like I could toss that vest, not powerful, not strong, broken, bruised, beaten, bled to death, and they've just sort of dropped him into Mary's arms. Same guy did this gray-haired, powerful, imposing picture of a man that is speaking the words of creation. Now, how is it that they would look so different? Because that's the problem of any image of God. Once you put an image on it, he's in a box, and therefore that, you know, that's the way it is. And that's why this was about, don't bow down to it. Don't worship it, don't worship an image. In fact, Isaiah Old Testament 46, he said it like this: Baal bows down, Nebo stoopeth, their idols were upon beasts and upon cattle, your carriages were heavy laden, they are a burden to the weary beast. They stoop, they bow down. They could not deliver the burden, but they themselves are gone into captivity. What he's talking about is people. Carrying their idols with them into captivity. When you have to tote your God around, it it gives you some idea of how powerful your God is. He said, listen to me, O house of Jacob and the remnant of the house of Israel, which are borne by me from the belly. Which are carried from the womb. And even to your old age I am he. Even to your gray hairs will I carry you. I have made. I will bear. I will carry. I will deliver. To whom will you liken me. And make me equal. And compare me that we may be alike. What is he saying is God is who God is. And I am just called to be a worshiper. I can't put him in a box or make him fit what I want. He is who he is. That's why Simon would say, you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should do what? Show forth the praises of him that called you out of darkness. And into this marvelous light, which in times past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which have not obtained mercy, but have now obtained mercy. What are you saying? Unfortunately, in C.S. Lewis, when he wrote screw tape letters, he makes a statement, and you've heard me, I've used it as an example before, it's been several years ago, about the difference in my, how we use the word my. You understand? And he he identified. Unfortunately, we're, we're a society that we use my very differently. If I talk about my shoes, these are my shoes. I didn't borrow them tonight. These are mine. My dad bought them for me. He can't wear them. They're in my size. <laughs> They're my shoes. They're mine. And yet, some point, they may get old. some point, shoestrings break. I can buy a new pair of shoestring. some point, if they ever hurt my feet, you know what I'll do to them? Throw them away. They're my shoes. Now, if they still look good, I might ask you, Braxton, what size do you wear? I might ask somebody if you wanna wear my shoes but basically I'm gonna throw them away. They're mine, all right? Then I can say, my dog, okay, my dog. And my shoes, tonight after church, I'll untie them. I'll take my shoes off, I'll put them in the closet. I may or may not get them out Wednesday. I may or may not deal with them anymore this week. They're my shoes. I don't have to deal with my shoes. I don't have to get up in the morning and say, shoes, are y'all all right? Shoes, do you need to go outside and go to the bathroom? Huh? My dog, I don't have a dog anymore. Caitlin always kids me about my dog. But I don't have a dog, but if I had a dog, my dog is a different story. Okay? My dog, I can't just put in the closet and take out once a week, once a month. Correct? My dog requires a little more attention. I've got to feed my dog. I've got to make sure my dog has water I've got to play with my dog that's my dog I've got to deal with my dog but if my dog bites me too many times we have this relationship when I had a dog and that was called loyalty and if my dog every time I go out to let her go to the bathroom and she runs off and she's gone and doesn't come home for three or four days or week, before long I'm gonna say, dog, I'm feeding you every day. What's up? Right? Now my wife, (laughs) still my, I don't get to put her in the closet once a week. Bring her out. And if it gets a little tight, throw her away. That's my wife. I don't just get to put food in a bowl. Huh? Right. But my my My, You see, you're following the difference. Y'all are swift. We reach a point of my country. Now, I don't own my country. My country, tis of, you know, tis of thee, the great land of America. And yet, I don't own my country. Correct? It's my country. But there's a whole different relationship with my country. I'm supposed to pay my taxes and obey the laws of the land. I am supposed to be a part of my country. It's way different than my shoes or my dog or my wife. It's way different. Third one, fifth one is my God that's a different relationship than my shoes and yet we have America Christianity at some point wants to relate to God like they would to their dog once a week I'll take you out play with you go to church maybe Sunday morning don't get crazy huh they treat God like they would their dog maybe not even as good as their dog I treat God like I would my shoes and we see within our whole society that's why worship is an important part of number two. Because if you're really going to worship him as God, he demands a whole lot more than just worshiping my shoes. And so, you know, you can say, well, okay, we worship what we value, something that, what, what is more important than God, and we can make it an idol. And, and the key that, that C.S. Lewis was saying is that sometimes when we realize that, you know, here it is, uh, God is at my disposal. He, he will do what I want him to do. And if he doesn't do what I want him to do, now I might say that of my dog, if my dog doesn't come when I say come and doesn't stop him. My daughter and her family bought two dogs and one of them is absolutely crazy. It's an attack dog on the other dog. Littler, but I'm gonna attack him all the time. And so I have to put up with that when I'm doing homeschooling. So one day, I brought in a little clicker that had a whistle. Because I'm tired of yelling, Minnie, stop it! The dog's name is Minnie. True story, I'm not making this up. And I go over to work with him, and I, one of the first things I ask is, where's the clicker? Because if I'm going to be working, I don't want, okay? Now, it's not my dog, it's her dog, but I'm not putting up with that. Okay, and when you hit that little kick, 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 you know, immediately their ears, whoa, 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 whoa. So I don't have to yell. I hit that kick, 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 kick. If it could drop many to the ground, I would do it, but uh, that's a whole other story. But don't be mistaken. I don't have one on order for my wife, okay? And I don't have one on order for my country, and I don't have one on order for my God. He is my God but he's not mine personally. I am privileged to be able to walk into his presence, raise my hands and praise and magnify. And you don't want to see what would happen if I tried that on my wife. Anyway, let's go forward. I'm sorry, I'm getting off the track here. You know, it's kind of like making a marriage proposal. And I don't know, could ask some of these young men to testify tonight to understand this marriage proposal. But can you imagine proposing? Sam, you proposed to Mackenzie, and Josiah proposed to Kelly, and we can go across and look at Philip and Hannah. But can you imagine? Honey, I would like to marry you. And just want you to know, if you'll make a few changes, (laughs) I'm thinking if you will do the following things and get them done by this weekend, maybe, probably going to be single a lot longer. For those of you who are not married yet, let me just tell you, that's not a healthy way To walk into the marriage proposal. You know, unfortunately, we have a country that we don't know what we, you know, God wants to be worshiped. I don't want you to bow down at any other graven image. I want to be number one in your life. I'm sorry, not number two, not number three, not number 10. And you say, well, I I don't know if I can put God there. That's where, that's the basic struggle is to, do you believe in God? And then are you going to worship God with everything within you? I know as a nation, we used to say in God, we trust. It was on our coins and on our money. And probably still is but you know what anymore it's in you know it's in Kroger I trust in McDonald's I trust in whatever I trust one nation under God one nation pleasing myself bless America God bless America no it's God you know I'll bless myself that's why he is saying if you're going to ever get through this basic struggle of being who you need to be in Christ you're going to have to realize he is God and God alone and I owe Him my worship and my praise and my praise to Him every day I need to worship Him. It's not something that I do once a week put in the corner or that I can control or manipulate. That's why Paul told the Church of Colossians, giving thanks unto the Father which has made us partakers of the inheritance of the saints in life and hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin, who is the image of the invisible God. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. By him were all things created that are in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, thrones dominion, principality all things were created by him and for him and he is before all things and by him all things consist he is the head of the body the church who is the beginning the firstborn from the dead all things he might have done and and all these things he might have the preeminence for it pleased the father that in him should all the fullness dwell and having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself whether they're in earth or in heaven our job is to worship and praise and magnify him regardless of how good my life is going regardless of what our trial i'm going through i have to praise him god who at sundry times and in divers manners spoke He has spoken by His Son, appointed Him heir of all things, by whom also He hath made the worlds, who being the brightness of His glory and the expressed image of His person, upholding all things by the word of His power, when He had Himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the Majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels, an inheritance more excellent, That's why Jesus would say in John the 14th chapter, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. I and my Father are one. And I realize there's a national movement and I I have prayed and, and, and there's a whole prayer thing. Our armed forces have embraced it, but that you don't pray in Jesus' name. You simply say, God, oh God, that way you can be inclusive to everybody. And I'm not trying to be offensive, but you know what? There comes a time when you have to say, I know in whom I have believed, and I am going to worship him. I am going to praise him. I'm not talking about being offensive. I'm not talking about any of that. But you know what? It's that sense of, I know Jesus, and I'm going to praise and magnify him regardless of where I am or what's going on in my life. The next thing, and I, I'm going to hurry, we'll get through three. If you get an Oxford dictionary, you look up the definition of Jesus. It's kind of sad if you look up Jesus in an Oxford dictionary, and the first definition is an expression of surprise, impatience, etc. Sometimes vulgar. That's the first definition because that's how Jesus is said more than any other way. So Oxford said the first definition of Jesus is it's an expression of surprise, impatience, and it's sometimes vulgar. What are you saying? The second definition is the founder of Christianity. That third struggle is the struggle with my mouth. Anybody ever had that basic struggle? Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord in vain. That's what it says. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless that takes his name in vain. And I know I grew up in a different time and I understand I'm not hip and I got it, but my grandmother, you didn't say golly, you didn't say gee, you didn't say Jesus, you didn't say oh my God, gosh. Unfortunately, when you look at that, (laughs) because she said that's too close to God, and the Bible is very clear here in this thing, it says Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that takes his name in vain. So the question is, how many have violated commandment number three? No, 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 don't open up your hand. How many have said something... That you shouldn't have said, that you wish you wouldn't have said, that you did. Okay. My mouth. I understand. And I realize that this really impacts religion because there have been a lot of people that have done things in the name of God, and a lot of caused a lot of people to struggle with religion because of what people did in the name of God. Can say the crusade you can say whatever you know people can fly planes into buildings in the name of God Did you know that people can explode themselves in the name of God people can shoot other people because God's directing me and we realize that man you know And there are people that are waiting to hear, you know, and I've had people come to me and they've told me, well, God told me, and they go A, B, C, and they say, what do you think? And I'm saying, oh, you got words out of my league. If God told you, who am I to say anything? I've had people say, well I'm waiting on a word from God, I'm waiting for God to tell me, I'm waiting for God to tell me what to do. Have you repented? Have you been baptized in Jesus, have you gotten the Holy Ghost? Well I'm waiting on God, well guess what, He's already told you some things, you know, and Do I believe God can speak? Yes. Do I believe God can direct? Yes. Do I believe God can give us a word? Yes. But I want to tell you something. That does not preclude us from using discernment or using the word of God or using good sense. Sorry. You understand? I have, you know, using the body of Christ, using the Holy Ghost, you know, and and what's especially hilarious is when people say, well, pastor, I know what you would have said and I know what they would have said and I know what this one would have said. So I put it out on Facebook and they told me God said, I'm like, Well, I know what the Bible says, but God told me. Don't play that trump card. What happens is a lot of people will open themselves up to any voice that agrees with what I want. You understand? I can always find somebody to agree with me. That's why Paul told him in the New Testament, and this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, the ability to make a decision, that you may approve things that are excellent and be sincere and without offense under the day of Christ being filled with all fruits of righteousness which are called which are by Jesus Christ under the glory and praise of God. The Old Testament, Jeremiah said, there are those that prophesy in my name falsely. Matthew, Jesus said, not everybody that says, Lord, Lord. Some are going to say, I prophesied in your name and I've done this in your name and I've cast out devils in your name. That does not make it a word from God. People can take the name of the Lord in vain. And so that's where knowing their life, knowing what they believe, and knowing, you know, and I understand this forgiveness thing becomes a huge deal because it's like blaspheming the Holy Ghost. And I, that's a whole nother lesson and I'm not going to get into it. But Jesus said, the Lord will forgive all sins of all men except blaspheming the Holy Ghost. You can read how to blaspheme the Holy Ghost in Hebrews 6. And basically, just for a sketch a rule of thumb is when you deny the Holy Ghost to have access to flow through you and you have had the Holy Ghost and then you won't let it flow. That's basically what blaspheming is when you say you know better. Joel said it like this, and upon the servants and upon the handmaidens in those days will I pour out my spirit and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall Call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. What are you saying? Why is that name so important? Why do we have to watch our mouth? Why do we have to guard our lips? What we say, oh... (coughs) is because this is, the, this is what's supposed to call on the name of the Lord. That's why he told him. he said, you don't understand in Acts the second chapter when when Simon Peter quoted Joel, he said, as the prophet Joel has said in the last days, I will pour out my spirit and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For there is no difference between Jew and Greek. Paul told him in Romans, for the same Lord is over all, but whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. What do you say? I'm here to tell you that if you need help from God, you don't take His name in vain. If you'll say, Jesus, help me, I'm here to tell you He'll show up. And Isaiah says it like this. Isaiah, 52nd chapter, Now therefore, what have I here, saith the Lord? My people is taken away for naught. They that rule over them shall make them howl. My name continually every day is blasphemed. And you know what he says the next verse? Therefore my people shall know my name, therefore they shall know in that day that I am he that doth speak. Behold, it is I. What are you saying? I'm saying we have access to the most powerful name. Don't let it become slang to you. Watch your mouth. Oh, we can say a lot of bad things, and I know, you know, you've got to be careful. But he said in Philippians that he, the God, hath exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things in the earth, things under the earth. What are you saying? I'm saying... What a privilege it is to know who Jesus is. What a privilege it is to be buried in Jesus' name. I, I remember hearing the testimony of an individual who fought baptism in Jesus' name said, I don't believe it, I won't believe it, no matter what you did. And one night the Holy Ghost hit them and for about 30 minutes they just said, in Jesus' name, 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 when they got through about 30 minutes they said you know what i think i want to be buried in jesus name whatsoever you do in word or deed do what a privilege it is to call his name whatever you do don't allow yourself to have bitter and sweet water coming james said our tongue is a little member it can destroy all kinds of things Anybody know what I'm talking about? You can slice them and dice them. You can say all kinds of things with your tongue. One of my greatest struggles, your mouth. It'll set on fire a whole course. He goes on, last verse, I'm through. First Peter said, having our conversation among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, that they may by your works which they shall behold glorify God in the day of salvation. What are you saying? This is the hour when the world is on fire. It's an hour when there ought to be something different about us. It ought to be the way I talk, it ought to be the way I worship, and it ought to be the God that I serve because that's what's gonna set us apart in this hour. You know what? I serve the God that created the heavens and the earth. I don't want to be guilty of trying to bring bitter and sweet water out of the same well. People can say things, even Job's wife had enough sense. What'd she say? Job, curse God and die. Job's response could have been, if cursing God and dying works, then blessing God and living ought to work. That's why when we come into the house of the Lord, I've come in to bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that's within me. Why? Because I've been struggling with my mouth all week long. I need to bless the Lord a little way. Oh, hallelujah. Let's stand. Hallelujah, hallelujah. What are you doing? I'm trying to bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all that's in me, bless his holy name. Why don't you come? We're gonna just come and worship for a moment. Hallelujah. And the name that's above every name. Thank you, Jesus. I'm glad I know who you are. Hallelujah.